The variety of noises is infinite. If today, when we have perhaps a thousand different machines, we can distinguish a thousand different noises. Tomorrow, as new machines multiply, we will be able to distinguish 10, 20, or 30,000 different noises, not merely in a simply imitative way, but to combine them according to our imagination. Luigi Rosolo, 1913. Welcome to Sonosphere, Episode 1, A Brief History of Noise. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. Chris and I recently went to see Wolf Eyes, an American noise band from Michigan, at Glitch, which is a small house venue for art and music in Midtown Memphis. I knew about noise music, and I listened to bands that used noise in their music, like Sonic Youth. But I didn't really know noise in the way that Wolf Eyes and the Japanese bands used. So after seeing Wolf Eyes, I wanted to know more. Where did this noise come from? Today, we will look at the surface of what is known as noise music. There is no real, concrete definition of noise music. A few characteristics of acoustically or electronically generated noise may incorporate live machine sounds, non-musical vocal techniques, processed sound recordings, computer-generated noise, and other randomly produced electronic signals such as distortion, feedback, static, hissing, and hums, using both traditional and unconventional musical instruments. There may also be emphasis on high volume levels and lengthy continuous pieces, like if you recorded a drill drilling and add that to the background of your track, or if you incorporate a static humming in throughout the track. That would be influenced by the noise genre. And this influence begins pretty early on, right Chris? Yes. The modern noise music that we will touch on today begins alongside the Industrial Revolution in Europe. The futurist art movement of the early 20th century with futurist music born out of Luigi Rosolo's 1913 manifesto, The Art of Noises. He helped to introduce noise as a musical aesthetic. His brother, Antonio, was also a composer of futurist noise. With the rise of Imperial Italy in the early 1900s, the futurist movement offered a new, modern movement that is both aggressive, loud, and unlike anything Europe had heard before. The homemade noise instruments of the Rosolo brothers and the leadership of F.T. Marinetti produced a short-lived noise music movement that took hold in Europe and influenced most of the art movements, bands, and sounds we'll talk about from here on out. Found sound uses found objects to give music a different percussive sound. Whether it is scrap metal or factory sirens, like an Avramov's composition that you hear now. Often these objects are either recorded on site or sampled. This form of noise music was made famous by composers John Cage and Carl Heinz Stockhausen. A contemporary student of found sound is Brian Eno, which used many found objects in his ambient sound that went on to influence the future sound of London and later the New Age movement. 
John Cage, an American composer from California, was a pioneer of experimental and avant-garde music in post-war America. His found sound, which is what he called noise mixed with musical sound, was introduced in his 1937 essay called The Future of Music, where he says music will continue to employ not only traditional tonality, but also noise and a whole spectrum of sounds, including the use of electronics. Here Cage, like Luigi Rosolo of the Futurist Movement, stresses the need for noise, including everyday sounds as integral to music. In 1939, his work called Imaginary Landscape No. 4 premiered in New York. And Williams' mix, his most famous work, was made up of 600 tape fragments arranged according to the Book of Changes, which is Chinese classic divination, providing guidance and moral decision-making as informed by Confucianism. Much of Cage's influence was found in his studies of East and South Asian cultures. His famous lecture in 1957 was called Experimental Music. It was not an attempt to bring order out of chaos or recreate anything, but simply a way of waking up to the very life that we're living. Edgar Varese, a French composer, is described as the father of electronic music. He would incorporate pre-recorded noises in his compositions. Varese's music went on to have a major influence on musician Frank Zappa. In author Henry Miller's Air Conditioned Nightmare, Miller discusses Edgar Varese's music, a new sound for America in the 1930s that opened the eyes of many artists across the country. Henry Miller writes, Varese's music is music of the future. Varese's music, after listening to it, you are silenced. It is awe-inspiring. It is shattering, yes, if you insist that music be soothing and nothing more. It is cacophonous, yes, if you think that melody is all. It is nerve-wracking, yes, if you can't bear the thought of dissonance not being ultimately resolved. We have been educated to such a fine or dull point that we are incapable of enjoying something new until we are first told what it is all about. Varese was questioned by the larger society, like many noise artists are. Is it really music? Varese replies, As the term music seems gradually to have shrunk to mean less than it should, I prefer to use the expression organized sound to avoid that monotonous question, is it music? In 1948, French Concrete, or Musique Concrete, was made famous by Pierre Schaeffer. At Studio Desai, Schaeffer used recorded sounds as raw material for musical compositions, a precursor to electronically generated sound. The means of manipulation include changing the speed of the playback to alter pitch, playing the tape backwards, cutting the tape so as to exercise precise control over duration, filtering out or reinforcing certain sound wave frequencies, and other more complex manipulation. Schaefer's 10-movement Symphony for One Man Only, produced in collaboration with Pierre Henry in 1950, was the first major concrete piece. Schaefer taught electronic composition at the Paris Conservancy in his later years. Experimental music continued to sweep across Europe and America. Technology allowed for more manipulation of sound using electronic samples. In 1961, James Tenney composed Analog No. 1, Noise Study, using computer-synthesized noise, and Collage No. 1, which was Elvis's blue suede shoes sample manipulated. In the 1950s and 60s, artists like Terry Riley, Steve Reich, Paulina Laveros, Halim Eldab, 
and Carl Heinz Stockhausen shaped industrial, experimental, and ambient sounds. The Fluxus art movement in the 1960s incorporated neo-data music and visual art into urban planning and architecture. The origins lie in John Cage's experimental music of the 50s. The movement combined Cage's found sound with futurist movement of earlier years. They had an intersection at everyday things and art, like dance and walking, or music and noise. They dealt with the absurd and brought humor to high art and culture. A more famous Fluxus Dada artist is Yoko Ono, who brought this style to the Beatles. Other famous artists include Nam Jung Pak and Alan Caprow. Caprow's happenings in 1960s incorporated the viewers as participants in his art. This movement reinforced Marcel Duchamp's anti-elitist take on fine art. As the 1960s moved free love and psychedelic music and other art movements into mainstream America and the rest of the Western world, we began to see the influence of noise and other experimental forms of music seep into mainstream bands, beginning with the Velvet Underground song in 1966 entitled simply Noise. Toast to be toasted, dances to be danced, and cake to be either eaten or slept on. Also, Tomorrow Never Knows and Revolution Number no. 9 number by the Beatles nine, used cut-up technique nine, and tape loops, about 16 loops in number Revolution Number 9. Number nine, For the track, Paul McCartney nine, supplied a bag of one-fourth-inch audio tape loops he had nine, made at home after listening to Stockhausen. By disabling the erase head of a tape recorder and then spooling a continuous loop of tape through the machine while recording, the tape would constantly overdub itself, creating a saturation effect, a technique also used in Musique Concrete. Also, the album Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys used bicycle bells, dog whistles, coke cans, and barking dogs, reminiscent of the found object and found sound movements of decades before. The late 60s and 70s saw the rise of noise rock and no wave. Canada's Nihilist Spasm Band, formed in 1965, was seen as the first noise band. Many of the noise artists before the Spasm Band were solo artists. The Nihilist Spasm Band played on homemade instruments featuring a kazoo as the main instrument, and later they replaced acoustic instruments with electronic instruments. Lou Reed, following the demise of Velvet Underground, went solo. His third album, Berlin, in 1973, was his first foray into darker ambient noise music. No Wave was the rejection of late 70s new wave trends. The term arguably coined from Jean-Luc Godard's quote, there are no new waves, only the ocean. The rise of sonic youth, swans, and euthanasia brought the noise aesthetic to modern post-punk and rock music of the early 80s. At the time, noise was a derogatory term, and according to Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth, there wasn't really a scene that called themselves noise. Around this time in the mid-70s and 80s, a new movement, industrial music, began to shape, which is dissonant electronic music, and it was a response to punk music of the times. One of the bands was Throbbing Gristle, they started industrial records and they evolved from Coombe Transmissions, which was their performance art group in London. Also, there was a British act, uh, Cabaret Voltaire, and American acts such as Zeev and Non. I'll show you as SPK, 
and they were all similarly confrontational, and they all embraced totalitarian, occult, and transgressive imagery. In Japan, a new and loud movement called Japanoise took over. In the 80s and 90s, the scene blew up. Echoing the boom of the Japanese economy in the late 80s, an equally explosive noizu, or noise music, featuring raw performances of psychedelic sound mangling manifested as violent and aggressive sound, juxtaposing Japan's sleek, hypermodern expansion. This is reminiscent of Italy's futurist movement of the early 20th century. Hurt Now, Feel Later by Matthew Mullane is an excellent essay on Japanese noise and capitalism that you should check out. Hijok Haydn is a 1979 proto-noise outfit, often included the venue as a part of their show, and they were known for repulsive behavior on stage. Also equally aggressive, Hannah Tarash, formed in 1984, was known for their insane live shows. They once destroyed a venue with a backhoe as part of their performance. They incorporated the sound of the destruction of buildings as a metaphor for the destruction of the rules in contemporary Japanese music of the time. They were banned from most venues after that. The post-digital or glitch music was a German movement traced back to Rusolo's Futurist Manifesto. It was made using computers to string together cuts and samples of sounds. According to Kim Cascone in her essay, The Aesthetics of Failure, the post-digital aesthetic was developed in part as a result of the immersive experience of working in environments suffused with digital technology, like computer fans whirring, laser printers churning out documents, the sonification of user interfaces, and the muffled noise of hard drives. But more specifically, it is from the failure of this digital technology where this work has emerged, like glitches, bugs, application errors, system crashes, and even the noise floor of computer sound cards are the raw materials composers seek to incorporate into their music. Michael Pender of the Moody Blues in 1968's The Best Way to Travel used scratch vinyl sets on their wrong speeds. Another example of glitch music is Yusunao's tone using damaged CDs in his Techno Eden performance in 1985. While Nicholas Collins' 1992 album It Was a Dark and Stormy Night included a composition that featured a string quartet playing alongside the stuttering sound of skipping CDs. Other modern and contemporary glitch artists are Oval, Pansonic, formerly Panasonic, Christian Marclay in the books, Les Sins, which is a project of chill wave artist Tori Moi, is playing now. Australian band The Loop Orchestra took their sound back to the 1950s found sound art movement of John Cage. Beginning in the late 1980s, this throwback band used analog tape loops in their sound. They released their third album in 2004 where Pitchfork writes, The tools and technology of the modernist 50s have come to be seen as quaint and arcane, and when they're deployed now, their very age becomes part of their appeal. The Loop Orchestra work with analog tape loops and analog tape loops only. They've been around for over 20 years, but not overly orchestral is their, only their third album. Their sources are old and creaky without any hint of digital edge. Everything about the sounds is antiquated, and yet the music remains oddly timeless, classic in the realm of modern experimental music.
Black Dice, a band formed in Brooklyn in 1997, is somewhat the opposite. They have turned an urban sound that conjures images of concrete junkyards, scrap metal blowing in the wind, and heavy percussion like the beating of trash cans. Starting with their first proper full-length in 2002, Beaches and Canyons, they have experimented with psychedelic drone and splashes of noise since their start as students at Rhode Island School of Design. They have moved away from hardcore noise to a more rhythmic sound that you will hear in their sixth album, 2012's Mr. Impossible. And they have toured extensively with fellow noise musicians Animal Collective. In 2003, Black Dice collaborated formally on an untitled album with Michigan's noise group Wolf Eyes. The album described as skipping along in the underworld, slowly intertwining Wolf Eyes' menacing ghost machines with Black Dice's bass-heavy boiling. We now make our way back to that small art gallery here in Memphis, Tennessee, Glitch. Wolf Eyes began as a solo project of former Nautical Almanac member Nate Young. Aaron Dillaway joined in 1998 while also playing with John Olson and Universal Indians. The band has influences ranging from the band Boredoms to Japanese. The group has released over 100 recordings in their relatively short lifespan. Wildly considered the kings of U.S. noise, they often exist within their own self-made world outside of American noise music. They use traditional instruments like sax, flute, and guitar that morph into monsters by the end of the song. The traditional sound is reinvented into a cacophony of reverb and echo. They've also been called too abrasively noisy, even for noise fans. The show at Glitch was somewhat more mellow than that. Yes, you have busting eardrum shrills and static, but there was also elegant yet distorted sax and flute that flowed into screaming guitar. So we see noise music is not something that just came out of a vacuum but was a big part of different performance art scenes from the beginning of the Industrial Revolution to today. There are a ton of bands that use elements of found sound, futurist, and fluxus noise music today that we did not mention. And we only scratched the surface of the noise revolution in music. Check out sonospherepodcast.com and click on Press Play for a playlist of noise bands that accompany this episode. Be on the lookout for a lesson on futurism coming soon in episode 2, Futurist and Fascist, Modern Noise Music of the Early 20th Century Italy. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, engineered by Memphis and produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Thanks for listening.